This is Camp Code, another innovative podcast brought to you by Go Camp Pro. Camp Code is dedicated to helping you create and facilitate the most effective leadership training so we can raise the bar for professionalism and preparedness of our staff. You can find our show notes and our blog for summer camp leaders and directors at gocamp.pro. Hey, Camp Code listeners, Ruby here. As many of you know, if I can be venturing outside, I am. Quality gear that is easy to maintain, clean, and carry is a top priority in my book. That's why I want to tell you a bit more about Sawyer products. Sawyer is a U.S.-based company with a global mission who develops the most advanced and user-friendly solutions in water treatment, insect repellents, sunscreen, and first aid products. Recently, I got to try out their one-gallon gravity filtration system, and though that may sound quite heavy, this lightweight bag is perfect for your personal adventures or for group expeditions at your summer camp. Coming in at just under eight ounces altogether, you get a quality gravity bag with the Sawyer Dual Threaded Mini Filter. This product is rated to filter up to 100,000 gallons of water at a surprisingly fast flow rate for a gravity bag. Even better, this bag is easy to clean and store. So easy that your campers can do it and have no mildew smells or funky water left behind. To find out more about Sawyer's one-gallon gravity filtration system or their other products, check out their Where to Buy page on Sawyer.com, which features online retailers and a local retailer locator. If you want to show additional support to this podcast, you can use the discount code CCPOD25, which is good for 25% off their products on SawyerSafeTravel.com. Welcome to Camp Code, a podcast brought to you by Go Camp Pro. We have created and are dedicated to this podcast because we believe that staff training is one of, if not the most important part of your job as a camp director. Staff training is what prepares your staff to care for their campers, to feel confident in their skills, to do their jobs to the best of their ability, and to learn along the way. A well-thought-out and intentional staff training will help you in more ways than you can imagine, and we need to help each other bring our very best. My name is Ruby Compton, and I'm the Chief Exploration Officer for Ruby Outdoors. Just a fancy way to say that I'm a freelance camp person. I serve camps all over the world, but primarily focus my efforts in Western North Carolina and the heart of the Blue Ridge Mountains where I live during the year. And you may have noticed that it's just me on the podcast today, and that is because I have a very special guest that we're going to be interviewing, and that's Emma Kennedy. So Emma, will you introduce yourself? Yes. Hello, everybody. Um, hi, Ruby. Uh, so my name is Emma Kennedy, and I'm from a summer camp in Quebec, Canada, uh, north, well, north-ish in Quebec, uh, in a little, little town called St. Donat. And I am the director of operations slash kind of general manager of this camp. Uh, our camp name is Camp La Grande Aventure en Anglais, and our mission is to teach English to francophone campers or second language speaking campers. Um, and I, for those of you who know Gab from Camp Waro, we're not that far away. We're kind of neighbor camps. Um, so we do practice a few of the same uh, training topics and techniques as well. Rock on. Thanks so much, Emma. And thank you for making the time to be here today. I really appreciate you coming to share some of your wisdom with our, with our listeners. No problem. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> well, so I met Emma um, uh, kind of officially and most recently at the um, ACQ, which was the big camp conference, the provincial camp conference in Quebec and back in the fall. And then we were at Tri-State or I was at Tri-State like walking down the sidewalk and I ran into her again. She said, oh, 
I have this brilliant thing I want to tell you about. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so brilliant. Come be on the podcast. So uh, in the meantime, we've exchanged a few thoughts back and forth. And I just said, we just got to record some of this conversation because you're saying a lot of really smart stuff. So Emma, can you start off by just telling us about an idea or two that um, is about staff training at camp that you've been spending some brain power on recently? Yeah, um, there's actually been two that have been, well, three now with, with this pandemic um, that we've been focusing a lot on. Um, one of the original ones, which I started with my leadership team um, in January and February when they were helping me plan staff training was uh, I got rid of all of our previous schedules. Uh, so I re removed them from our training manual. I removed them from the, the documents that I sent to my leadership team because I wanted them to start fresh and I wanted us to get outside of the box and to think of something new. And I had them focus on qualities, um, hard skills, soft skills, uh, however you want to call it uh, at your camp on what they think counselors need and how can you train the counselors in getting that versus sticking to our typical training, which is we have to teach them youth characteristics or we have to go through and teach them how to go rock climbing. Uh, but really focusing on what skills do they need to be a good counselor. And I know my leadership team really enjoyed doing this activity. It's something we've been focusing on throughout the whole winter. Uh, the other one that just kind of hopped into our lap this last couple of weeks with the pandemic uh, going around is keeping in touch with our staff before camp arrival. I think staff training can start from the moment when you hire your camp counselors. And that's something Something we've really been focusing on is is connecting with them, making sure they're doing okay, making sure their mental health is is good. Trying to send them out an email or a Facebook message uh, one time a week. And actually, this week we're setting up a little kind of uh, care package uh, via to send them via email about how to stay connected with their friends and family over the Easter weekend, um, just to make sure that they can still feel connected and they know which resources are out there and that we're thinking about them. Um, so those are the kind of the two main ones we're focused on now. And the one I spoke to Ruby about when we were in Tri-State was I was at a conference with Jack Schott and they were talking about bringing uh, different cultures into your camp. And one of the things that kind of sparked a light bulb in my head was um, that sometimes our staff training is very focused on the type of staff that we have, which is often very white, very English uh, staff that come, but thinking about what are the different needs and different ways that different cultures learn and um, like how can we adapt our staff training to them and maybe that can open up our staff training to different ideas. So those are kind of like the three things we're playing around with right now. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. I want to dive into each one of those a little bit more. So um, let's, can we start with, with uh, the care package idea and keeping yeah. in touch with your staff before they arrive? Uh, and I think a lot of folks are thinking about this, wondering how to do it, um, you know, or just like jumping in and doing it right now. So can you talk a little bit about what are some of the places that you're finding inspiration for these communications with staff? Are there certain websites or um, resources that you're looking to that you're passing along to them? Yeah, uh, I think one of the main sources that I get a lot of uh, information from is for sure the Summer Camp Professionals Facebook group. Uh, I think we're, it's, it's really a great industry to be part of because there's so many people who share their ideas um, and they're not shy of giving kind of their best practices. Uh, so I get a lot of ideas from there. Uh, I for sure also get a lot of ideas from Travis. Um, he sends out a daily, uh, a weekly actually email um, to a lot of the camps who have signed up with the newsletter. And there's a lot of great ideas in there as well. Um, and then I just kind of 
Google on the internet. I look for inspirational talks. TED Talks are often really good. Uh, one of the ones I just sent to the staff was The Art of Gathering. So Priya Parker, who was at uh, Tri-State, she wrote a book, for those of you who don't know. Uh, I read it. It's excellent. Great, really great application for camp. And she had me thinking. And so I found a TED Talk to send to my staff uh, when this whole pandemic kind of started. So about two weeks ago, for them just to listen to it in that their gatherings can still happen and just finding the intention as to why they want to talk to friends um, and using Zoom or using Skype or uh, Messenger, however they want to connect, but to, to make sure that they're still gathering in, in an intentional way uh, and gathering to, to fulfill their needs and the needs of the people around them as well. Um, so that's a little bit of where I get some of my ideas from. I love that. So I am also reading The Art of Gathering right now, which in some ways I feel like is a bit ironic given the, yeah. <laughs> the current circumstances. I like rushed and checked it out of the library right uh, right after I got home before everything got locked down. Um, I'm, I want to kind of off the cuff ask you a question about something that she talks about in there, which is this idea of for gatherings to be more purposeful and meaningful, they need to have some exclusion as part of their um, as part of their, their like purpose, right? And there yeah. has to be some, this is what we are, this is what we're not. How do you see that applying in a camp setting? Uh, I think, especially when it comes to, there's an exclusion, I think one of the first things that you can think of are your returning staff versus your, uh, your new staff that you've hired that don't really have an idea what they're getting themselves into for the summer. I think the message you send to each of them should be a little bit different. Um, and I know even just from the get-go when we send out letters of hire, I have a little blurb that I send to my summer camp staff, sort of what I expect from them and how I expect them to greet the new staff and how to um, sort of bring them in with open arms. Uh, I, I think that's one way to be kind of exclusive and that's how you can apply it in summer camp. I think it also goes beyond not forcing people necessarily. Uh, sometimes in summer camp, we have the tendency to say, okay, I want everyone needs to scream right now, or everyone needs to, uh, needs to play this game because it's the best game ever. But sometimes kids don't necessarily feel like playing those games. Uh, so being able to see that they're not excluding themselves, they're just not in the mood to it. And, and how can you make a different type of gathering to reach out to those types of campers or those staff members as well? Oh, right. It, oh, it's the the paradox of inclusion is exclusion and exclusion yeah. is inclusion. You like get really tangled up in there. But I think that is really smart that um, there are times at camp and when we gather at camp and, you know, and that camp itself is a, a gathering by definition, the way that Priya Parker talks about it, but then there's all these little mini gatherings within it that we're hosting. Yeah. And so, um, oh, that's, Okay, now you have my wheels spinning even further. <laughs> this is awesome. Um, so tell me a bit about, are you doing any gathering with your staff prior to camp or prior to their arrival this year? Uh, we're just kind of waiting, testing the waters to see what's happening. Uh, sure. It's something that's in uh, the back of my mind, whether maybe we'll do a Zoom meeting with all of them, um, just to kind of check in to see how things, what things are happening. I've been calling some of my, most of my second year staff, uh, I've called them um, personally just to check in to see how they're doing to keep that connection. And some of the first, the new staff as well, we're starting to get into contacting them. Uh, a full group gathering, we haven't 100% planted, but 
I think it's something that's in the works uh, to get them to feel those connections before their arrival, because I think our start dates, um, some of our start dates have already been pushed a little bit. Um, so I think being able to do that will help them kind of create that bond and that connection before their arrival to camp this summer. I love that. And, and I think it's so smart to pick up the phone yeah. <laughs> as much as um, we hear about like, don't leave voicemails because people don't listen to them and, and people would rather text than call. I think actually right now that some of that's getting reprogrammed and yeah. actually talking to people on the phone is a really appreciated reach out um, or sending a little video message. And, and I know we had one summer where I had my leadership team members call who were at camp a little bit ahead of time of when staff training happened. I had them call the new staff, we had them divided up and they had five or six people that they called and just said, Hey, do you have any questions? Any questions about the packing list? Just want to remind you to show up at this time. And, you know, we didn't have anybody, we didn't have any no shows that year. Like everybody showed up and it's kind of nice that you know that there's this other person who's looking out and, and excited to meet you. And you've already had that touch yeah. point with. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of anxiety for new staff um, coming to camp. I know, I remember, I mean, it was years ago when I was a camp counselor and I started for the first time, but I remember not really knowing what I was getting into. I never went to camp as a kid at all. I didn't start working in one until I was 20 years old. Uh, so just showing up and getting there was very, there was a lot of anxiety in it and receiving a phone call from the coordinators then really helped kind of answer those questions. And I didn't really think I had questions, um, but they just kind of talked to me and told me a little bit what to expect in training and what to bring and, and it really made, I think, a difference for the arrival of, for me when I started off as a counselor. Awesome, yeah, and, and to roll off of that a little bit too, again, considering we're in a world where camp may be delayed, camp may look different, you know, yeah. your return staff are gonna need these calls too. So <laughs> remember that, yeah. um, that anytime you're facing any sort of changes at camp that, um, again, a personal message talking about this is why we're doing this differently, or this is how this is going to look, or this is what you can expect when you arrive, I think is going to go a long way. Any other thoughts about how you're keeping in touch with staff before arrival um, that you want to share before we move on to our next topic? Uh, I, I think it's just important to, to remember that training doesn't necessarily mean the 10 days before your staff arrive. Uh, that there's a lot of things that you can information you can give your staff uh videos you can send your staff uh one thing that we don't we're not we're doing this year but uh we have started doing in the last five years is i have my two coordinators uh create a video together um before the staff arrive that we send it to them so they can have an idea of what to expect and they make two different videos one for returning staff and one for new staff as well uh, and then that way the staff have can meet and put a face to the coordinators and really know kind of who their leadership team and who they're going to be working with. So I, I think not to underestimate the contact you can have before camp um, and the training and the ideas you can put in your staff um, and sort of like your culture of camp, you can start it right as soon as you hire your staff members. So then they have an idea of what to expect when they arrive to camp. Perfect, perfect, so good, such good stuff. Okay, now I wanna dive into this idea of like taking all your previous schedules and hiding them, putting them away, saying we're starting with a totally clean slate. Tell yeah. me a little bit about what the reaction was when the, the first time that you did that. Yeah, so, well, they kept wanting to see the schedule. They kept wanting to, to look at it just to make sure they had all the bases covered. Um, and I told them just to think of a typical day at camp. So from in the morning, from seven o'clock when we wake up until 10.30 when, um, well, 10 o'clock when the lights are out till, and then the staff supervise, 
what do you, what do you expect from your staff on that day? Where do you need them to be and what skills do they need when they're working in that motion? Um, and it was received with a little bit of hesitation at first from uh, my leadership team. But as we started brainstorming and we made like a, a grid as to what skills go where and what, what we can do, it, it put them at ease a little bit and allowed them to, it's really you could see their creativity starting to shine through and their experience and things that they've been doing um, also really shining through that moment. That's awesome. And I think about what a, an amazing experience that is for those leaders too, because yeah. if they are ever in a, you know, training planning role, be it at camp or anywhere, right. Having that skill of, of literally starting with a blank slate and, and learning how to work through, like, how do we organize what skills need to be taught and how do we approach that? And what, you know, what do we keep and what do we get rid of? Like, so, so cool. Are there any, is there anything in particular, like any really cool innovations that you feel like came out of doing that process? Uh, I think, yeah, uh, one of the ones was we don't allow our staff to reflect, reflect upon the day and the skills and the things that they learned um, in our previous staff trainings. And so one of the big things that they, they realized was that we shoot tons of information at our staff during the 10 days that they're with us for training. And we do offer some reflective activities, but it's not one of our main priorities. Whereas this year, after kind of reviewing everything, we wanted to bring out the reflection more and make it a little bit more mandatory for the staff. So having it more than one time a day uh, to really get the staff to reflect and to see how what they're learning can be applied to when they have camps instead of them feeling overwhelmed with all of this information that we shoot at them. That's awesome. Can you share, you've, you've said you've been through that in training. Can you share what you saw the effect on your staff to be? What, what kind of, how did that play out as the summer went on and, and through training? Um, I think it helped them kind of be able to see, like see the application of what they learned in training. Um, I found in previous years, they would do it and then you, they'd come see me and be like, I have no idea what game to play with my kids. And you're like, yeah, but we played about uh, like a hundred in staff training. What, uh, like think back to your staff training and you could see that reflective process of, of going back and thinking is not natural to our staff. Um, it's not something they have the habit because they're used to getting the answers, I think right there on their phones constantly. Um, so because they don't have their phones and they can't carry around a notepad, it's going to get wet or dirty. Um, it's good to get them into that reflective practice as to to what it, what have I seen in the past and to really get them into that mode of thinking versus always being given the answer right away. So smart and, and experiential learning, um, uh, the cycle of experiential learning, like that there's research behind the real learning. It doesn't happen and we're telling them what they're going to do. It doesn't even necessarily happen in the experience. The real learning happens in the reflection. And that's when yeah. you go, Oh, what did I just learn here? Okay. How is that going to apply going forward? That that's huge, huge. And I think so often a step that is missed because we feel like we just have to fire hose information. Yeah. Oh, okay. So good. So good. Um, okay. Well, I am really excited to, to dig in a little bit further about the session that you went to at Tri-State talking about different cultures at your camp and, and how we focus on kind of like the staff that we have and training to that culture. Um, when you were presented with that idea, were there any moments where you went, oh, when I did this in training, I was 100% doing that, right? Like, were there any points that you could reflect on and say, yeah, I'm guilty of this? Uh, absolutely. So the one I went to was with Jack Shot and another guy, I'm sorry, I don't remember offhand, 
uh, exactly what his name is. Um, and they were really specifically talking about um, the black population that they had coming and that it takes a lot of uh, building trust and building that relationship with them before even hiring. And I think it's something um, we never considered. We never thought that we had to think differently about when hiring different cultures. And this year we're, we're lining up to have a very cultural diverse staff compared to what we're used to having. And uh, it's made me really kind of want to research different cultures and how, how should I be reaching out to them or, or reaching out to past staff or, or the staff at the end of the summer to talk a little bit about um, even just in our interview process and how we do the whole thing does it meet the standard that they kind of had in mind? Does it, does it fall in line with their values and a little bit of their culture and where they come from versus my culture, which I'm kind of like, like imposing on them, I guess, um, without really considering like really opening up the, the view. So I think that's something I'm for sure guilty of is not considering when I do my staff training, is this open to all types of people or do I have, each section of staff training is it kind of you know diversified enough so that all my staff uh, can feel comfortable and get something out of it and feel like their their values and their who they are is being valued did they offer any guidance in the workshop that you went to on how to ask some of those questions how to create that space yes they did um they really talked a lot about gathering um the staff uh, key staff uh, that you could talk to and just ask open and honest questions with them. Sometimes we get very caught up on being politically correct. Uh, and they talked about just telling the staff that maybe you're going to be not politically correct, but you want straight answers and for them to be open and honest with you. Um, and I think that that's kind of where I'm going to go at the end of the summer to really take some of my staff aside one on one one-on-one -on -one just to really get their feeling of how it was in staff training and how their summer was and was it did they feel comfortable the whole time at camp yes or no and it's okay if they say no and it's okay if they don't want to come back uh, but in order for me to know that how can I improve and get better at what we do and and I find some tension in that like yes I want to ask all those questions but I also you know I work in an area where a lot of the camps are very white like yeah. just to and that's not uh not dissimilar to how a lot of the camping industry you know is and can look um and so i would be hesitant to go to my one you know black staff member and say hey how was your experience at camp this summer we want you to to represent all people of color right and so i like how where is that tension for you like how what feelings are you having how do you deal with that you know how how do we create the invitation, but also not say you have to speak representative of everybody. Well, I think, I think it's a process. I don't think you can expect uh, all of the answers from one summer um, in doing this kind of a survey. I think, mm -hmm. and I don't think necessarily it has to be generally just the black person. You can also take the other people around to ask them those questions. Um, but I think they can start by being the original spokesperson but I think you can build up and build a community from there I think in order to build a community it always takes one person it's kind of like a forest uh, in order to build a forest you need to start with one tree um, and so in order to build your staff and your community I think you need to start with one staff member and talk to them open and honest about what your plans are and what your future is and 
maybe they have resources that you can go to um, that they know of as well, like community centers or different places uh, that you can start advertising and becoming involved in so that they can learn to trust you and, and be open with you. Yeah, and and I think if you have folks and and show that vulnerability and that willingness to learn and the willingness to like sit down, be quiet, and listen. Yes, I think that that is really really huge. And um, I I think I had some conversations with somebody who was in the same session that you're talking about, uh, Emma, that talked about the idea too of like white people got to do the white people work too, right? Like yes. we can't always go to uh, people of color in our community and say, how do we fix it? We have to do some tough conversations amongst ourselves yeah. as well. And, um, and I think finding folks who are willing to engage in that conversation too. And, and so I think about if, you know, if I was in an organization looking at this as a director, I would certainly, you know, look around and see who are the, the folks that I think I want to engage in this conversation. But I, I might also do some general, you know, opt in, like who is interested in, in doing a little, ta doing a task force or helping us improve and grow in this way. Um, and, and I think that there are ways that we don't even understand that we are imposing culture that may be really affecting a lot of people in a lot of different ways and that there are biases that we are spewing forth uh, unintentionally and, and not in a, with any sort of intent to harm, uh, but that we don't even know are, are affecting folks until we invite folks to speak up. Yeah, yeah, I agree 100% with that. Um, I for sure think that we impose things without wanting to hurt people and mm -hmm. have no idea. And I even think sometimes they don't even know that we're imposing it till it's too late, mm. um, until it's too late to change until it's too late to act. And, and there's already kind of a, a bitter feeling that they're, they're picking up and they can't exactly pinpoint it. Uh, that's so well said. And so what are you thinking about as far as how do you equip your staff to recognize that feeling and, and cope with it in a camp community? I think just, uh, again, going back to the reflection, uh, the reflection process, and it's something I started in my own life uh, about a year ago now, beginning of April, taking that time to really reflect and, and feel how you feel. Uh, I, th I think it doesn't come at a better time. We, we're stuck right now in our own houses, in our, in our own little area, and can't really go out that it's a really great moment to become reflective. And I think it's something that we miss a lot on a daily life and especially our students. There's a lot of pressure from the students. They have many exams. They have to get part-time jobs while they're studying at school. Um, they have the social life that the, the social media, the social pressures that they have to deal with that often life is fast paced. And I can't, can be fast paced because you have, we have heavy schedules for the staff to follow, but to, take that time and training to get build a routine with your staff of reflecting on how they feel. How do you feel right now? How was your, your day? Um, draw a smiley face. It could be just as simple as here's five smiley faces, pick which one you chose, which one, how you feel uh, throughout the day and, and why, what, why are you feeling down right now? What happened? And to really take that moment to reflect on it. I love that. And, and I, this is also sparking for me, um, and I talked about this in one of my Instagram lives this week and, and it was, it came from the art of gathering as well, this idea of vulnerability. And I yeah. think that reflection uh, ties in really closely to vulnerability. Um, and I'm curious how you feel like you are able to inspire vulnerability or encourage vulnerability within your staff culture. 
uh, I think for sure leading by example uh, is one of the, the best ways to do it. And it's something I started to do a lot more so to be a lot more open about my vulnerabilities with my staff, especially my leadership team about things that make me feel uncomfortable or things that I'm doing. And so I have a journal that I've been writing just over a year now and um, it is personal, but I do, I show it to staff. I show the staff how this has helped me. I talked about it. I let them flip through some of the pages, um, especially my leadership team. They saw me writing in it one day and they asked me what it was. And I think just that you could tell they were like, okay, there's like, she's not always happy. They could see there were days that I wasn't happy necessarily. Um, and they could see like a pattern, like not a pattern, but they could see that most of the time I was like super happy and excited, but I did have down days and I had days that I struggled. And I think by, by you showing it, um, allows them to feel more vulnerable as well. And it kind of carries down through your team. And it's something I had a conversation with the leadership team with that they're not going to be perfect and they're going to have hard days and easier days. And it's okay if they make a mistake, just to be humble about it and admitting it in front of the staff and talking about it with the staff uh, really gains them a lot of, of, of yardage and, and gains a lot of respect from their staff and will allow their staff to become vulnerable and open and talk about it as well. Uh, so good. It's so good. And I, I think about a couple of training activities. One is uh, Michael Brandwine talks about um, making mistakes publicly and yes. how so often we have been trained in our lives to like, oh, I made a mistake, but I'm just kidding. I meant to pick up this orange paper because I wanted to show it to you. But now yeah. here's the blue paper. Right. And and I think that that's a great way to frame that idea of making mistakes is OK. Yeah, because when we start talking about vulnerability and leadership, I think people sometimes feel like that means like I have to cry in front of my staff and I have to be angry in front of them. And it's like, no, it's, it's not that exactly. Like it's okay if those things happen uh, and are expressed uh, in not harmful ways. Yeah. Uh, but, but there is that line, right. And, and walking that line is, is a tricky space to be in, yeah. <laughs> to be vulnerable, but also still like command the leadership that you have. Yeah. And I remember that I was at Mike, I did follow one of Michael's conferences about that. And we actually brought, um, instead of shout outs, uh, for a season, we did your mistake of the day, celebrating your mistake of the day. So the staff would nice. share many mistakes that they made throughout the day ver rather than saying things that they were proud of or, or talking about what other people did. It was really kind of talking about things, mistakes that they made and what they learned and how they can apply it. Oh, I love that too in the world of social media, right? Where yeah. it's like, we're seeing everybody's perfect, but yeah. And with the, with the filters, but no filter Friday. That's what I'm going to call it. There it is. That's a good Done. one. <laughs> um, well, Emma, I'm curious if there's any other thoughts that have been spinning in your brain about training or anything else you wanted to share with our listeners as we wrap up today. Uh, I, I think for sure, just uh, being in the situation of the pandemic of, how can we make things better? Uh, I think it goes, I think things are going to change from now on. I think there's going to be a lot uh, of having to be a little bit more careful of how things are run and a little bit more picky on having kids washing their hands. So I think that's kind of the next step, uh, whether we have camp or not. Uh, I'm an optimist, so I'm hoping and thinking we're going to have camp. So I'm still For working sure. on a lot of things. Um, but I think thinking about that and adding that more into the staff training of getting your staff they're going to have to be a little bit more uh, picky about kids washing their hands and making sure they're taking their showers regularly uh, and using Purell and stations and things like that. And being able to train our staff to properly do that and to feel supported in that so that they don't feel overwhelmed when we kind of add that on top of the tra 
training topics that we already have. Yeah, and I think your point earlier too of of really paying attention to returning staff versus new staff because yep. you know returning staff are going to be feeling feelings of like oh this is different and this is a change and yeah. I get it but we didn't you know, it didn't used to be this hard right whereas yeah. new staff are just it it may get lost in translation because there is just that fire hose so considering that honoring that um, and doing what you can to reinforce those behaviors that you really want to see. Yeah. And I think getting them involved um, because mm -hmm. our, our start date was delayed. I plan on actually bringing in for the first time our returning staff before the new staff. We've never done that before. Um, but just being able to do that and think putting some of that in the returning staff's hands. Here are some of the new procedures that we have to do. How, how are the, what are the best ways you think we can do that? Um, and giving them a little bit of power over the decision making as well. Um, I think will help them kind of buy into it and, and become more part of it for the summer. Oh, love that. Such a great reminder for us as directors that we may be making some of those decisions or um, creating contingency plans and to check back in on those as summer is progressing. When when yeah. we do return to camp, that, you know, I've, I've, I have certainly had some of the best laid plans and then we do it for a week and my staff go, this is dumb. We should yeah. do it this way. <laughs> and I'm like, of course we should. Why did I not see that? So yeah. let's make sure that we're asking our staff and, and checking in on how things are going. Um, and if folks have suggestions on how to make it better, that we welcome those. Yeah. Awesome. Exactly. Well, Emma, thank you so much for coming on today and just sharing a little bit, you know, being in the weeds, some cool ideas that are coming up for you. And um, there's, you know, some big topics that we touched on. And I really appreciate you taking the time to share today. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, it's always it's great to talk to people and I'm so thankful for the camp community in general and the ideas and things I've learned from them throughout the years. So uh, it was really a pleasure for me to do this today. Awesome. Well, we want to make sure that you know how to get involved with our podcast. So you can join us using that hashtag camp code. Uh, any topics that you'd like for us to discuss, any guests that you'd recommend that we have on the podcast and interview like we had Emma today, uh, and any great leadership training tips that you have that you want to share with us, we would love to feature them on the show. And we'd love to hear from you. As Emma said, it's all about sharing in this industry. And that's part of what makes working in camp so great. Also, if you have found this podcast to be useful, we would really appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review for us in whatever podcasting app you use. Um, and for iTunes, you can specifically leave some love by going to camphacker.tv slash cc underscore iTunes, or you can tweet your love of the show at camphacker.tv slash camp code love. Your feedback helps other people find this show and it also helps keep us going. We want to make sure you know how to get in touch with us if you have any questions about what you heard today or want to continue the discussion further. So uh, Emma, how can folks get in touch with you if they want to ask questions or follow up? Uh, they can find me through email. So for sure they can send me an email to lga.emmakennedy. So Emma is spelled E-M-M-A. K-E-N-N-E-D-Y at gmail.com. Um, or they can contact me on Facebook. My name is E-M Kennedy, K-E-N-N-E-D-Y. And I am part of the Summer Camp Professionals group. So you can find me in there if need be. Rock on. And as you all know, you can find me Ruby at rubyoutdoors.com. Make sure you get the S in there. Uh, and also you can find me on Instagram at 
at Ruby Outdoors and on Twitter at RubyLynn85. So we inserted this podcast into our regular set of programming. And so we'll be back uh, for our next episode talking about keeping staff training fun for a multi-generational staff. And that was actually a listener suggestion. So again, we really appreciate getting those and don't hesitate to reach out if you have ideas or questions about things you'd like for us to talk about on the show. And our final segment on each podcast is a best practice for leadership training. And we, again, would love to hear some of your most memorable experiences or most effective tips. You can always tell us those by using that hashtag camp code on social media. And today, Emma is going to give us a best practice. Yes, uh, I think one of the great things, uh, because we're a summer camp and the staff live at camp, uh, we always try either an evening or an afternoon in staff training uh, to get them off of the camp site. Um, so one of our, our sort of classic things that we do is with our van, we take the staff into the little town of St. Dona and we get them ice cream. Um, so just a, a small ice cream, we support our local community. And at the same time, they're not allowed to bring their cell phones or anything like that. Um, so that they're, they're going really just to, to bond and to talk and to be in a different area than just to being at camp. And I think it, it helps with the bonding of our staff um, during our staff training. I love that. And um, I'll, I'll just add that like that could be day camp too, even for yeah. your day camp training for your staff to go out together uh, in the, the mundane world, as Beth likes to call it, uh, yeah. it's, it's really powerful. So I love that. Thanks so much for sharing that, Emma. And once again, thank you so much for being on the show today. I appreciate you sharing your wisdom with our listeners. And to all of our listeners, stay tuned for our next episode. And from all of us here at Camp Code, thanks for the listening, friends. This episode of the Camp Code Podcast is brought to you by Sawyer. Check out Sawyer, S-A-W-Y-E-R dot com or the hashtag WeKeepYouOutdoors. Please remember, no other industry shares their best practices the way summer camps do. If you use an idea you heard on a Go Camp Pro podcast, please be professional and remember to give credit where credit is due. The Camp Code is brought to you by Go Camp Pro. Thanks for the listening, friends.